Hi, I'm Barnaby Cook and welcome to The Exit Plan, a podcast for business owners that are interested in learning more about how to sell their business. Each episode, I interview someone who's bought or sold a business, either a creative agency or a production company. The conversation gets under the skin of why they wanted to sell or were looking to acquire, how the deal was structured, how they agreed upon evaluation, and what lessons they learned along the way. Here we go. Molly is 26 years old and is the founder of 303 London, a full-service creative agency with two distinct functions, digital and creative production, currently employing 25 people. He founded the business in 2013 when he was just 17 years old and completed his first acquisition last year. Ollie and I have a mutual friend, Max, who put us in touch, and I think you'll find his story very interesting. Yeah, I mean, a good place to start is if you can just tell me who you are and um, a bit about your company. Yeah, for sure. So my name's Ollie. I'm the CEO and founder of 303 London. I founded the business in October 2013 when I was a child um, at the age of 17. So yeah, I started school, um, short history of the last sort of almost nine years. I wanted to do something outside the classroom, raised a little bit of money from a non-profit, put on theatre shows throughout the UK, which went really well. And those theatre shows were kind of an idea of mine of like, if I can sell something that doesn't really make money, because theatre doesn't make a lot of money. If I can do that and we can sell it and we can put a structure in place at the age of 17, maybe I can have some form of business later down the line. And then throughout those years, we kind of stopped doing the theatre stuff. I realised that you could sell something online, create content around it, do something within digital. So that led us into the kind of craze of what, 2015, 16, 17, where Twitter was huge, Facebook was emerging, ads were happening, Snapchat had just opened out. Um, and I sort of used the last, those sort of three to four years just to educate myself. It was kind of my uni time, if you will. And then fast forward a bit more towards 2018, 2019, I wanted to bring someone else into the business that I could structure it with. It was a team of five, um, so relatively small. Jamie, who's now a managing director and also shareholder in the company, Brought him on board through his digital background. And then ever since 2019, we've been scaling it to where it is now, which is a full service creative agency. As a business, we're independent, we're not funded, but we believe in in people connecting and people spending time together. So, you know, our business is structured of a creative team, which can be photographers, videographers, editors, creative strats. And then the digital side is paid media team, organic team, email marketing team, client services, you know, the whole shebang, if you will. So team of 25. And what's your role now? So you've got Jamie as MD. Yeah, so I sit as CEO, which is a very, like, interesting role. Calling yourself a CEO, I think, when, like, the company's quite small is always quite interesting. But, yeah, I mean, I spend a lot of my time um, on the marketing side of things and the operation side, which I, I do enjoy, but I'm not the best at. But... A lot of my time hiring and obviously a lot of time on the finance because I think, you know, cash flow is king, which is what I've always believed, which is kind of what's got us here today is just prioritizing things like that, which has also led us on to, you know, buying and acquiring things yes. um, is looking after those those fundamentals. So, yeah, a lot of my time is kind of spent with team. I'm like, I'm always wanting to be in the office and with people. COVID was a nightmare for me not being able to be with my team. So, yeah, a lot of time hiring, finding new talent. But my role kind of constantly evolves, as I'm sure you can pay testament to. Yeah, it's no, it's no. an evolving role. And when someone's like, where do you spend your time? It's like, uh, kind of everywhere. Um, I did our, our latest um, acquisition. Um, so I kind of spent three months doing that, um, which was a fun experience. But again, the team I had around me was just like next level in terms of learning that process and having that education okay cool so can you um can you give me an idea of sort of the rev- like revenue growth yeah i guess like 2013 to 2017 small 
you know, six figure turnovers, really small team. I was doing like four shoots a day with gear on my back and editing on trains. And like, I was educating myself, but like, you're not growing, you're kind of sitting at a revenue model. I obviously knew I wanted to extend that. So I guess looking from like 2018, 2019, started to grow year on year, quarter on quarter. From 2019, 2020, we started to focus on on month on month on what that looks like, being really granular on how we grow the company. Um, I think it's so easy to start looking like right quarterly, how can we get those metrics? So a metric I'm really proud of is that from 2020 to 2021, obviously with the pandemic and stuff, we still grew. We, we doubled the business, which was, which was amazing. And from 2021 to 2022, we had growth of seven and a half percent month to month. So yeah, really, really big. And, and this year has been interesting. We, we've had an interesting start to the year. Interesting always makes it sound like it's bad, but like <laughs> interesting in the fact of like where we're focusing our time, you know, it's me and Jamie really run the company as a unit and, and we've just brought Maggie in, who's our head of client services, very number three in the company. Maggie's one of our biggest hires we've ever made. And we were like super excited by the opportunity she's had such experience and she's got such knowledge we learn from her every day so yeah I think 2022 will be a double from 2021 um that's what we're on track to do again so that's cool but um we're also looking at massive yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but we're also looking at like other ways obviously like I'm sure we'll get onto it but other ways to speed up that process that aren't necessarily around just the 303 side of things um we've always believed that 303 is more than an agency which is which is where other stuff kind of comes in yeah, to yeah. flourishing and what we want it to be. And just quickly, we'll get onto that position in a second, but just yeah. can you give me a sense of what clients you've got? We really focus on the premium sector. And I guess when I say premium, it's a business that has a product of a certain value and they probably deem themselves luxury, but they're maybe not. But they have a product where they're not just wanting to mass market the whole thing. Um, they have something where they care about their audience, they care about their marketing, they care about the product, they care about the team. I think for us, if someone calls themselves premium, I have certain expectations of what that product's going to be. Do you have like what two, two or three big clients or is it actually quite spread out quite spread out yeah Yeah, we've got we've got a client that takes up kind of like 10 to 12 percent of our revenue um but we we, we've had worse yeah we we've we've had worse right so yeah coming on to the sort of acquisitions like how tell me how it came about like where did where did the idea come from yeah so we've just acquired rally media which is our first acquisition the guys that were running rally when we first met them they've been around for a year they had been working with a few of our competitors, so we were aware of them. But to be honest, they were just putting out epic work that we saw. Like, that was kind of it. We were like, who the fuck are these guys? Like, these guys know what they're doing. This looks special. They care. From a creative perspective, they were doing a lot in the automotive. They focus on anything that moves fast. But they'd also nurture, like, an amazing brand. Like, people that see Rally and recognize Rally, it's visually an amazing brand. And kind of what it's there to represent and, like the coolness factor is really there. So um, they actually approached us. They said, we're looking to where we can take the business and what we want to do. There was a few people involved, what, what they wanted to do personally. The main guy who's actually now joined 303 under Rally, um, Xander Warren, his his background's pretty special. He started his career on the Grand Tour, which is the Top Gear kind of reboot show for those that don't know, but everyone knows that. His strengths are in producing, directing and, and understanding like brands and creative. When they approached us, we were just like, Oh, what? Like, it's always a shock. Like, it's flattering, you know, when you have a competitor or a brand that you think is incredible when you're like, they're interested in, in becoming part of what you're doing. It's, it's, it's so flattering and it's, it's, it's huge. But yeah, so we, we kind of started, we started the process of looking into 
how it might happen. So what kind of clients did they have? And what, so what size was the, was the team? They use a lot of freelancers and contractors yeah. because the auto, I mean, they're, they're heavy in automotive and that's, you know, we are too, but they are known in automotive. They've, they've done a brilliant job at building a brand, not an agency. You know, yeah, they are known, cool. cool. which is, Rally, you know, clever yeah, name. it just makes sense. So they do a lot of planes and boats and other stuff, but it's predominantly automotive. So their team was, internal team was like four or five. Um, a lot of people at like kind of higher levels, but you know, they've done, they've done stuff that is just like mega, but they also worked on other projects with other agencies and were really around. So if you head over to Rally Media on Instagram, you'll see a lot of content. Some of it's them running the show or they're working with others and they're about, which I think is admirable. For 12 months, they were doing six figures and they were doing it really well. I didn't do six figures in my first year running a business, so like fair play. So what, so, okay, so they approached you, yeah. um, had a bit of a conversation. So how did you sort of progress it from there? And did you sort of think about building a team of advisors as well when it comes yeah. to doing this? So, so they, they didn't actually reach out to me. They reached out to Jamie, who um, obviously is my now business partner. And Jamie told me, about it and straight away I said no the first thing I thought about was just like what's the catch you know and I think I don't know if that's just me some deep-rooted psychology from my childhood or something like that but I was just like I don't like I don't get it I don't see it I don't get it how it'd work and you know there's so many questions and that's just a pretty organic like response of someone who's like super protective of their business I think um looking back but um it started to sit on me a bit more and I was like, hold on, like 303, like I'm personally love automotive. A lot of our team love automotive. There is a huge market there. Who dominates automotive? Like from a content perspective, there are so many incredible freelancers. Like I said, it's really freelance based. Mm. What could we do and how is, you know, without being arrogant, 303 is a nice little powerhouse. If I put that in front of another brand and feed it and drive it, like where can we get to? And could we kind of try and take over the things that go fast category from an agency perspective? And that got me excited. And I was like, yeah, we can, but we need their team. We need some key people and Zander was the person we needed. So you considered just 303 going into going up against Rally? Yeah. So anyway, I, I, yeah. without having to acquire them. Well, I basically just thought like, you know, do we want Rally or do we want Zonda? Like right. what, what do we want? What's the strength there? And we needed both. Like that was kind of key, but Zonda for me is, is a very rare person in terms of like the way his mind works and the way he thinks. I think he's incredibly special in terms of like his natural talent and natural enthusiasm. And I always want something like that around my team and also involved in the company that I own. You know, it's, it's really nice to have. Me and Jamie went to meet with the guys and we kind of, I guess I walked into that first meeting being like, how are you trying to con me? I kind of was like that. I'm just, I'm so defensive. Like in these situations, I'm like, what's the catch? Like, this doesn't quite make sense. And I did my homework. Like I looked into as much as I could you know, they, they didn't own all their domains. So I bought them like before we went to the meeting, which was a pretty dick move. But like, I was like, if we're going to do this, like we're going to do this properly. And I, I think the reason why I was so defensive because I was kind of like, if you, if you want us to do this and you want us to pay any sort of money that you are proposing or whatever that might be for this, for this acquisition, this, this can't jeopardize what I've spent time doing, whether it be from a, um, brand reputation perspective whatever it might be we're, we're going to try and do this as properly as we can and that was really important so i think when you're acquiring for the first time you don't really know what questions to ask you're like uh so what's your revenue and that's it you're not like oh right so have you got any contractors who maybe don't like your business or like have you got anything special you that no one knows about have you marketed yourself the best way possible like does everyone know how good you are? Like there's, there's things like that where you're trying to understand the potential and the downside at the same time. And that was the biggest learning lesson for me. So, so yeah, I just kind of went in there pretty much just like, 
I need to know everything and, and find it out. But the first meeting I walked away and I was still unsure. Yeah. So when did you kind of decide that you were going to go ahead with it? <clears throat> I kind of decided, I guess, when I, I just looked through the creative I can see what good creative looks like and I can tell what looks awesome. And I remember being unsure about it and I was like, I really don't want this opportunity because I had a few, like I had this feeling in my gut where something wasn't quite right, um, which there wasn't really and there still isn't, but there was a few things where I was like, mm, I'm just not sure this is going to play out the way and it plays out. Is it too much of a risk? Those things. The best as well as I have are Chris, my chairman and, and Jamie, my MD. Like I have, that's the only two people I need to run this company really um, from like the level that we're talking about. Um, and I ran it through with them and they were, they knew that I was a bit unsure, I think. And they were like, look, just keep, keep digging. And I did that. And I came out with the solution of like, yeah, this is a diamond. Like this is something that we could really do well with still early days, but it's been a good start. Okay. And then how did you, in terms of like legal and accountancy help? Our accountants are Harrison Trotter and the relationship we have with them is amazing. They just get us. The weirdest thing for us with Rally, the biggest gut thing in my, in, within me was they wanted to do the whole deal in a week originally rally did yeah right and i was like yeah that is a bit of a why like i don't get why and and to be honest the reason was is because they had another party interested which didn't happen obviously but equally i think they were also a bit like we don't know how long this takes you know they were a year into running a company they don't know how long stuff takes i've never done this before i don't know how long stuff takes so we pulled in harrison trotter and they were like it's a wicked opportunity they they said like we believe what you believe. So like, if you think there's something wrong, we'll find out where it is. And then we had just done some other kind of legal work with Steinfeld Law. Um, a guy called Adam there, who again, just understands like, I don't get everything. You know, I feel like a strength I'm always trying to work on for me personally is like, just admit when you don't know, like, it's just so much easier. Like I just often call up accountants law and say, you just sent me an email. I don't get any of it. I'm really sorry. Like, I, I don't get it. I'll pay for your time to explain me this email. Like, I just can't, I'm not going to bullshit. <laughs> you know, it's just not worth it. And at this stage I said to everyone that was giving me advice, like, I don't know. Like we're, we're working at a place here where like, I want to do this, but I don't know how we do this. I don't know what the paperwork looks like. I don't know what the questions you need from me. I just don't know. Like where, where do we start? So having the right team was key. Did you end up spending quite a lot of money with them then? Did they sort of almost take advantage a little bit of the fact that you weren't sure? And Not then- really, because I mean, the offer originally was a lot more than we would ever try to do. Like we recognise where the value- in, As in what they wanted. What they me, wanted, yeah. We, we yeah. were a long way off yeah. from that. And and. Again, I think valuing your own business, people get it wrong a lot, um, as I'm but sure we'll talk about. It. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just like either they think it's worth a million quid or they think it's yeah. worth 10 quid. I'm like, well, there's there's a middle yeah. ground somewhere. So I think early doors, I said, like, I need to I need to budget for this. Like, we're an independent agency. We've I've started this from zero pounds in a business bank account. I think I put in, like, a few hundred pounds of my savings when I was 17 when I first started. And then I put in more as we've kind of like grown and, and I've reinvested. But yeah, I just said, like, what's it going to be and what's the maximum i think that's the biggest question when it comes to like you know professional fees if we call it that i found over the years if you say what where do you think we're going to be and where do you think we'll top out i always go with the top out number and unfortunately sometimes you get close to that because i've also got to have the self-understanding that i'm going to ask a million questions i'm going to get documents wrong i'm going to be late i'm going to like just being a bit more self-aware on like how you run as a professional as well means that you can guess how much things cost because you're paying by hour, you're paying per day. Like if you spend two hours sending them an email that doesn't make sense, they're going to charge you for it. It's just how the system works. So we had an understanding of that. 
So did um, Adam, the lawyer, did he sort of advise on the share purchase versus asset purchase? Yeah, he, he yeah, I think that? we, yeah, we had advice in, in many ways in terms of like how we would do the structure. Like we won't go too much into the deal structure, I guess, but it's a risk. Your buying business is a year old and like it might look cool and whatever, but it's still risky. You know, there's the risk with all these things, even though it was 10 years old, there's still risk. So we tried to mitigate as much risk as we could because we were taking it on the other side in terms of like in other areas of the deal. So um, yeah, we basically put it in a position where, you know, we have acquired Rally, but we own the brand, we own the creative, we own the content. We've got Zander with us. He's invested in Rally again and the journey and he's remotivated, he's excited because I think the opportunity he saw in us was like three or three. When, when we sit down and he looks looks at us and I'm like, I start this from nothing and I've done it for this many years, he probably goes, oh, that's cool. You're, you're still going and maybe you might know what you're doing. And I think that was probably the opportunity for him. And how much of your time did the deal Three months. take up? Like full time? Not full, full time, but like every day. Um, we had hiccups. You do. Like you can never ask enough questions or structure it. Like, unless you're paying tens of thousands in legals, you're going to have to have the conversations. You're going to have to find out information they're not telling you. You're going to have to really look into it. Like, I feel like it's, I've got first acquisition, but I feel like it's the same for everything. Um, but it took there or there about th three months to sort of sort out. And what about Zander? Did it take up quite a lot of his time as well? It did, yeah. But I think for me, I was, I, the, my biggest concern with kind of bringing, because we just brought Zander over from Riley. He's the, he's the only person we've kind of got from the, from the business. But... I think selling a company, especially something that you believe in, because he believes in Rally, that's why I see the value in him, is hard because, you know, he doesn't own it anymore. Like, you know, and that's that's where we're kind of at. Um, in the future, that might change. But like for now, you know, he doesn't. He's, he's part of the 303 and family and he's, he's here in other ways. And I think I was really cautious of making sure I protect him as soon as he's part of our family. And I'm saying family a lot here because I do treat people like they're a family. I want to make sure he's looked after and it's not a stressful experience for him. Because it's a big risk for you because if he walks, then what? If he doesn't like it here. Bought, if, you know? Yeah, if he, <laughs> if he gets here on day one and he hates it and like he doesn't feel welcome and he feels like it, he's the only person in the room that works for Rally. You know, everyone else works for 303. Does he feel included? Does he feel motivated? Does he spend enough time with me? Does he understand the vision? Is he excited by where we're going with it? Like, does he feel like he has a say? It's important for me that people understand that I'm just not going to go and do my own thing because a long time ago, whatever I did only impacted me. Now, whatever I do day to day impacts 25 people. And that for me is really important to understand. So yeah, with Zander, I was always just like, I want to make sure he's got to, he's got to obviously do a lot of work for this, but the biggest opportunity possible, I remind him of why. Let's go and do that project. Let's go and do that thing that you love. Let's get involved in this. Let's maybe look at what you could do on the 303 side very briefly. Like get him excited, get him motivated because it was always important for me to make sure that, that Zander had the smoothest process as possible. That probably didn't happen because it's a hard thing to do. But psychologically, selling something that you started and you owned is, is hard. Yeah. So sort of three months from like initial conversation yeah. to the deal yeah. closing. So, so it was meant to be a week, turned right, into three yeah. months. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think you did pretty well to do it. Yeah. In that, in yeah. That I mean, actually, I know ones that have taken years. So yeah. like, I think, yeah, it, it can be difficult. But yeah, I think um, it was never going to happen in a week. No. Oh, it was like it was just it was not realistic but yeah i mean it was it was draining like it was it was a slightly stressful time yeah, um, and how did that sort of closing process go sort of get to the end it's yeah. weird you know you get to the end lawyer sends it all out for DocuSign, you sign it and you're like oh shit i just brought a rally like it's it's a weird process right and i think one thing i would i would always if i was to do it again from scratch i would actually have spent more time in the beginning speaking to someone who's just done it 
and say like, tell me the timeline that I should work towards in terms of like, what's the first stage? What do I need to do? What's the second stage? What does that person need to do? Like, understand everything. I'm a control freak, which is why I'm a founder. Like we all are. But like, I think it's really important for me and any other founder, if you're buying something else that you've never done before, just to get an idea of what the timeline is. Because there was points where I was like, are we being slow? Are we being too quick? Are we, should we do this first? Should we consult that? Should we do that due diligence? Should we deal with this? Like... I was very cautious of not dropping the three or three ball. That's what the biggest stress for me was, is like, am I doing this too much for what my day job is? And then also what my nighttime job is, you know? And, and that's a big risk also for the business you're acquiring. If you take up too much of yeah. Xander's time and he takes his eye off the ball with what he's doing with his clients, then yeah. the business can really dip in 100%. that period leading up to... 100%. And then, you're, then suddenly you're like, oh, am yeah. I paying for this? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 then, and then, yeah, everyone's in trouble at that point. Yeah. Okay, so what happened on closing day? Did were you with Sander or any like? I were, I, I don't remember. I'm really bad at celebrating the wins. To be honest, I was. I think I was here. Zander was here as well. There was a point as well. There was about a three week point where we thought we would sign every day, which is like the worst. And I think like, it's awful. Just, by the time you actually get there, are we signing so today? Knackered. Are we signing yeah. today? And you're like, I don't fucking know. Like, are we? Um, there was a lot of that, and there was there was things within contract and like when you send out the contracts, like what do they look at? Like there's just stuff like that. When the payment going to be made, like who receives the payment, like what the, the rallies go from you to your lawyer, to their lawyer, to out. To yeah, them. pretty much, um, pretty much how it worked. But rally setup was a bit complicated in terms of like how the business was set up and who was involved in the shareholdings. And they had other agencies that they were working on and some people had shares in that, but like, it was just quite a complicated setup, which made it take as long as it did which meant I literally walked in on Monday be like to Sander because Sander was in our office for a few weeks during the end of the deal right mate we're we're finishing today and he's like great finally we can kind of release me and I can just move forward and do what I do best and then no and then no and that I think was really draining for all of us but um we're all in the same boat, you know? Um, How did you deal with like work in progress with projects that had been started mm. um, by Rally, but then were picked up by you? Yeah, so we kind of- contracts as well. Like, did you have to sort of- Yeah, we, we've, we've done a few things with the client contracts. Like Rally's a project-based business, so they weren't doing a lot of work during the right. time. Um, but we did do some stuff. There was some stuff that was executed, but that was difficult because we were like, right, we had an opportunity where we were doing a shoot in like two days and we had, we didn't own rally, but it had to be executed. So our crew did it. And then we had to like backdate. And like, there was lots of that where we owned rally on paper, but like funds hadn't gone through. Like it was just stuff like that where you're like, you don't want to impact your clients, but like, everyone really understands how business works. Like sometimes if a client's impacted in some way and something that happens to your business, having a human conversation with them and being like, look, this has happened in my business and I'm working with your business. I'm sorry, but like it's happened. Like everyone, ha everyone's like shit happens, you know? And, it, and I think that kind of builds stronger relationships actually. It really does. If you just sort of go through a little bit of, you know, adversity together with a client. For sure. And like, I think everyone kind of puts this like professional screen up all the time. And I just think it, bullshit um if i'm really honest i think we should just all be a bit nicer to each other and like yes business is meant to be tough and hard and whatever and like you know i can be like that for sure but at the end of the day you should have that connection it should you should be there to support each yeah, other yeah it took me quite a long time to learn that actually mm. with with my business because i and it was only really when i moved to the u.s where i just started suddenly i was like i just kind of like made friends with clients over yeah. there and would just sort of go it's and more like, social isn't it yeah 
go and like hang out at their houses or with their families or whatever mm. and, and in the UK I'd always had this a bit of a block like it's, it's weird client. yeah so you know you have to maintain this professional relationship and then suddenly I was like no you don't it's so weird during the change we tried to make it as smooth as possible rally is now you know a trading name effectively a 303 in our business structure so we had to make that really clear and we had to explain a lot of stuff to clients but Again, one of Zander's biggest strengths is having that human connection with people. So, you know, any client that was working with Rally at the time, he just said, look, just so you know, we're selling to 303. The reason why we're selling is because they're going to make our business better. That's why we're selling pretty much from our side. Um, I'm super excited about it. I think you should be too. It's going to mean that we have more crew, more equipment. You know, like I've invested over the years, hundreds of thousands of pounds in equipment that Rally didn't have. So now Rally has that equipment to facilitate better creative. So clients should be feeling the positive. There's no downside for a client. So, so it's been a month, right? So yeah, so officially it's been a month. So it's been a crazy month. But Zander was with us a few weeks and months before because um, he was kind of, his part of the deal. He was making the process smooth let's say where where was he based yeah. before yeah, yeah. before before, uh, before the, the uh, rally was based at Bista um, okay. so Oxfordshire yeah, he was living in the area his family are kind of from that from that part of the world because he moved into London yeah so he moved back to London yeah which I think was something that he didn't want to do but again it was part of that for me like I knew he had to do that from day one to stick around so I just said okay if you're going to do that let's let's make sure that we can do whatever we can if you need to go and move house if you need to go and go to house viewings, whatever. Like those small things, I think make such a big difference. Um, they don't make a huge difference to us. So like whatever yeah. we can do to help. So what, so in terms of kind of selling and what rally do to your clients, like yeah. how much of that have you managed to do in the last month? I mean, it's not yeah, I mean, time. quite a lot. I mean, where we're at now, we've always almost made back our investment, um, which is not bad. Uh, not bad at all. Yeah, we're pretty, pretty happy with it. We're, we're almost there um, within kind of the last month or two. Um, I mean, that's amazing because, I mean, often people go into it thinking, you know, if we can make money back in three years, I'm doing well. Yeah, we'll probably make our full investment back in the, the next two months. Um, so by the summer, we should be, we should be there, um, which is why it was a no-brainer because it was a three months of cash flow and that was it really. So where does that sort of leave you now? So where does that leave us now? And what, what, what's, what's in the future? Yeah, so I think, well, I think Rally, Rally in terms of how it integrates, like automotive's huge for us. We see the opportunity, we see the talent, we see the brand. Um, we're looking to really try and take a big market share of that space. Um, we see an opportunity to work with in, in this space in anything that moves fast, let's call it, um, as able to produce content that is at a commercial end that makes sense is at a speed end that makes a lot of sense and is also at the talent end that makes sense. Like even the car brands of the world or the plane brands of the world or the boat brands or whoever it might be in that space, they've got to produce 15 second reels for Instagram that look stunning and look amazing. How can they do that in a way that makes sense and actually gains investment on the advertising? So that's what 303 has done for so long. So that's what we're kind of trying to inject into Rally. But also I think there's so much opportunity within the brand. Like we always look at 303 as not an agency, a brand and what 303 will grow into. For us in terms of acquisitions, we are looking currently at two more, which is exciting for sure. But I think for us, Rally is a little diamond and we want to make sure that we don't just go from one to the next. You don't want to rush it, do you? You've exactly. Got to, got to yeah. get integration right. For and, sure. Yeah. And and also like, you know, the initial investment might be on its way back, but like we need to invest more now. You know, how are we then going to market that that agency? What are we going to do in terms of team? Like what's that kind of structure look like? So, you know, three or three is 25 people, Rally's one. There's some making up to do and like how big can Rally get? But also what's Rally going to be? It will be the agency, it will have the content arm. 
is it going to have the social and the digital arm? No, because that's what 303 is going to serve us. So that's how kind of it integrates in. Rally will have Rally clients, which are content heavy. Anything that's needed from a digital perspective, 303 is there to help and execute and there's synergy there that makes sense. So it will stay what it's doing well, but it's going to become incredible at what it's doing well, hopefully with the plans we have. My priorities in acquisitions are brand and talent in agency acquisitions. Those are the two things that we care about. So sort of looking back and reflecting on on the whole thing, yeah. what, what would you do differently? Oh God, that's a hard question. I Obviously think, you know a lot more about it now. So like I you've, do. you've just got experience next time. Yeah. I think the, the, the advising team we put around us was really solid, but I think the way I work is I'm a very chaotic worker in terms of like, I'm super, I mean, I talk so quickly on the podcast, hopefully everyone's heard what I've said, but like, I'm super ADHD, like I have a lot of thoughts and my brain's swirling and stuff. And I think for me, the way I can cut through that is sitting down with the right people properly and actually analyzing it with a team. I analyzed the whole deal by myself. I didn't analyze it in a room with a legal there, accountant there, chairman there, MD there, someone else there that's an external advisor and actually listen to people. I was very much like, I think this is a good idea, yes or no. And people just go, yep, sure, go, no, terrible. Like, that's it. And I think for me, like, I needed to just sort of slow the process down. And slowing down in that way, I think, would have saved us time and also possibly stress on the later end. Because as you go through these deals, things pop up, little fires emerge, and you're like, oh, how are we going to fix that? Oh, how are we going to fix that? And I think if we had strategized as a team more, as opposed to me running around and asking people different opinions, I think it would be a different story. Um, So that's one thing I would have done differently. I think the second thing is being a little bit more brave, I think, is is always a big one for me. Like, I've been running an agency for almost nine years would we be bigger or better or whatever, closer towards what I want it to be any sooner if I was a little bit more brave? Probably. And I think rally my initial reason to go no was because I was scared because I was like, this is terrifying. And I think everyone goes, you should be braver. And I think it's not about being like bullish or anything like that. It's just about being a bit more like trust yourself. You've built for me talking to myself. I spent eight years building agency from nothing. I can probably acquire another smaller agency at the size it's at and take a little bit of a risk and it'll be fun and it'll be exciting and it'll be what I love in business. So I'm not saying be like arrogantly brave. I'm just saying like have a bit more confidence in yourself to to know that you're making the right decision or have the confidence to do it. So um, I didn't actually ask you this before, but just from the way you funded it, it was yeah. just cash flow or did you yeah. just cash yeah, flow? Yeah, cash flow from day one. Cash flow is king. Yeah. And okay. uh, yeah, everyone says it and it's all over Twitter and TikTok and all that stuff. But the moment I started a business in the classroom at 17, someone was like, just look after your cash flow and you can do whatever you, ever you kind of want. It's going to take you time. Don't sell out. Look after your cash flow and it's the business that you want to build. So yeah, cash flow has allowed us to do rally. We didn't even follow anyone during COVID. So we, we're always looking after cash flow. And I can see why that, that also represents a, a big risk to you because you've yeah. protected that. You've built it up over a long time. You've protected yeah. it. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to take a risk with this now. Yeah, and it's, and it's still terrifying. Like even, yeah. even when we, like I'm sat here being like, when do we get it all back? When do we start earning from it? Like you, you always are, especially like you say, when you start it from small and, and you start it from like when you're younger and stuff. But the world's a scary place, especially now. There's there's economics involved, there's you know, pandemics involved, there's politicians doing terrible things involved. There's a lot there that makes you as a business owner go like, What does that mean for me? And who the hell's gonna explain it to me? Like that's where people like Harrison Trotter are incredible for me. Like, as much as this is an ad for it, and if it is, I'll invoice them for my time. Um <laughs> but like 
they are, I, they will send me an email probably by the end of the week explaining what might be changing in that world. And that's what I need. Cause like they know I'm 26, my first business and I'm, a lot of the time I have no idea what I'm doing in certain areas. They, they have that for me and that's what I need in my team. So yeah, biggest advice I'd say to anyone on it really. All done? Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, no, thank you very much. My pleasure. Thanks so much for um, chatting and hopefully there's some value in what I've said. Yeah, that was really <laughs> interesting. No, perfect. Thank you very much for listening to the Exit Plan podcast. This podcast was edited and mixed by Guy Hickson and was produced by me, Barnaby Cook. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review to help other people find us. If you're wondering what's next for you and your business and want to chat about an exit plan, connect with me on LinkedIn.